0: How to adjust your paces when running in the heat. We're in the middle of summer, and a lot of athletes are starting to talk about the heat and how they're just not able to hit the same paces that they were able to a couple months ago in the spring when the temperatures were a little bit more ideal. And I know we've done podcasts on this topic in the past, but every year it's a really good reminder of how we can adjust our training for these warmer temperatures so that we get in shape and we're able to actually reap the benefits of training in the heat later on this fall. So what ends up happening a lot of the times is that athletes will arrive in these summer months, like June and July, and the humidity and heat are a lot warmer. And what a lot of people will try to do is try to force hitting the same paces that they were hitting back in like March or April when the temperatures were in like the 30s, 40s. Um, And what ends up happening in those instances when you are training at those same paces but in warmer conditions is that you're actually end up racing your workouts. So you're doing like an all-out effort because given the temperature increase the paces need to be adjusted and so we're going to be talking about how you can adjust your paces in the heat and what's really interesting is there are a lot of calculators out there that will give you almost exactly this is how much you should be adjusting by but a lot of this is like taking place in a vacuum and a lot of it can be really individualistic so i know some athletes struggle a lot more with running in the heat than others. Um, Some people are just not as impacted by the heat, and there's a variety of reasons that could be at play. And we've talked on previous podcasts about making sure that you are staying hydrated, and sometimes people who are more of like salty sweaters, or people who sweat a lot, maybe those are people who are having a little bit of a harder time in the heat because of hydration reasons. So it's really important to make sure that you're hydrating well during these summer months, but when it comes to making these adjustments jason talk a little bit about how you can do a journal where you track the weather and then the adjustments that you're making throughout the summer so that you have a better idea of everything
1: yeah it's a good thought definitely to journal whether that be um, on paper or even like in your running diary if you leave um, like an update for each run how you felt and that sort of thing depending on what app that you use I know people do that on Strava a lot for example um, so you know if you're leaving details about what the weather was like and also how you felt I think that that, that can give you some insight to um, you know know how to adjust similar workouts in the future so maybe maybe one day it was just like really humid and the temperature wasn't as bad Um, and then another day it was really hot and the humidity was low. You can kind of compare and see like how you felt, um, doing a similar workout and then look back and see, um, you know, about how much should I have to adjust my paces for this type of condition? Right. And based on the workout, it may be, it may be different too. So if you're doing shorter intervals, let's say 400 meter repeats, you may only have to adjust by like, um, five to 10 seconds. But if you're doing longer intervals, let's say 1k repeats, you might have to adjust by 10 to 15. And so just kind of knowing that it'll depend on all of the factors, not just the weather, but like, what is your workout for that day?
0: Yeah, there are just so many things that will impact how you're feeling. And I know one of the things athletes like to do is get like this exact calculation of paces. And in previous podcasts, we talked a lot about listening to your body and how that's really important. Um, So we will just share like one online calculator that we like to use. Is at runsmartproject.com/calculator. So that's just like the t- traditional V-dot calculator on the V-dot website. Um, if you go there, it's going to ask you basically, you know, a recent race result. So just plugging in like a recent race result of this 5K, um, and then it's going to say there's these. It says advanced features um, down at the bottom, and you kind of can add in temperature and if you add in like let's say it's 75 degrees um, it says that the anticipated effect for me based on a recent 5k result is that all of my paces now let's add 8.7 seconds per mile <laughs> and so that is just so exact like 8.7 seconds and we're not all robots right? So. The first couple weeks of summer, it might be more like 15, 20 seconds because your body has to make these adaptations and adjust to these higher humidity, higher temperatures. Um, As summer goes on, then maybe it becomes more normal for you to be doing these workouts in higher temperatures. Your body starts to make these adaptations and you're really heat acclimated at that point. Um, Where this comes into play more is if you're doing maybe like a race in the middle of the summer, um, towards the end of summer, and you're trying to figure out what sort of shape am I in? And you go and you race and you're doing this 5K and you want to know, okay, if I were to run this 5K uh, in 50 degrees, what would have been my pace? And so that's where I think this 8.7 seconds per mile can be a little bit more useful when you're trying to like predict what kind of shape you are in based on workouts you've done in the heat. Um, I think it's more of like a retrospective thing that we can utilize. But when it comes to like day-to-day training, I don't really find that knowing 8.2 seconds per mile is super useful because it's just like so exact and it can also make athletes feel bad about themselves if, hey, like I'm not actually able to hit these paces that are 8.7 seconds. Um, So talk a little bit about the variation and how you can really start your summer training off because I know we're really getting into some of these months where it's like, oh my gosh, there's heat advisories, Um, Mm -hmm. it's just really hot. So how do you learn how to run off of feel?
1: Yeah, and just to kind of add to your example, so 18 minute 5K roughly was at eight seconds. If you're a 30 minute 5K, it's about 14 seconds per mile. So you gotta kind of think about, depending on what level you're at, it might be different. So, you know, if your friend's Mm -hmm. faster than you and he says he adds this many seconds, uh, you might need to add more, that sort of thing. So just kind of be aware of that. And I think where this can be kind of valuable is just to get a sense of, you know, thinking about how do you want to approach a workout or a race? So maybe you want to take it a little bit more conservative on the first mile or the first rep, of uh, the workout, and then you can make an adjustment from there. So yeah, it's fine to use these heat calculators. Honestly, I, I've, I've re- rarely use them personally. I'll just kind of adjust, you know, whatever I know I'm, I'm usually supposed to hit for workouts. I will adjust, um, based on the weather that day. So for me, um, the heat isn't as big of a factor as the humidity. So for the humidity, mm-hmm. I tend to feel a little bit more sluggish. So I know I'm going to probably slow down a bit more. Um, but you also have to think about, you know, the time of day you run and the the route and if it's hilly and if it's shaded or sunny, all of these things, right? And so, um, and then too, how I feel going into the workout. Because if I know I'm well hydrated, I've slept well, I've eaten well, then I may not need to, um, you know, adjust as much. But if I know I'm kind of like... Um, you run down, I didn't really feel that properly. I just sat and worked for four hours and I went up and and tried to run. You know, I might might give myself a little more leniency with uh, the pace modification. So I'll use the first rep to kind of get a gauge for how hard it felt and I'll try to nail the effort and then I'll look at the pace. So whatever the effort is supposed to be that day, if I'm doing threshold, probably around a seven and a half to an eight, um, seven and a half to eight and a half on the effort scale. Um, If I'm doing intervals, it might be eight and a half to nine. And then I'll look at the pace and I'll see, is this sustainable throughout the workout? Um, and I'll just try to hit that same that same pace for the next couple. Um, and if I sense that it wasn't sustainable, like I went too hard, then I'll just slow down a little bit from there. Um, but if it felt really good, I might take off like a few seconds on the next one and so on.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that just goes back to the whole trying to run off of effort on a more consistent basis, just year round, right? So Mm -hmm. instead of relying so much on the garment, it is really good to know how should threshold pace feel? How should tempo pace feel? How should, you know, 5K pace feel, all of those things. Um, And if you start practicing that in the winter months or in the spring, fall, when the temperatures are ideal, you can really get Um, in tune with your body and get a sense for what these paces should feel like if someone were to steal your watch and you weren't able to you know look at what your actual pace was we want to know what it feels like and i like how you use the perceived effort scale you know that threshold being like a six seven maybe an eight on the um on the perceived effort scale whereas easy runs are going to be more like a three four five um yeah so i think that's a really good note to kind of have athletes go back to not everything has to be off of the Garmin. A lot of it can just be effort based and just kind of allowing yourself that flexibility and freedom. I know we live in an age of Strava, Instagram. I know a lot of people who are very analytical, kind of like myself. I have an accounting degree. Um I used to be at, like in finance and mm-hmm. financial analysis before this, but it's just you know, you're not you're not a number, right? Like your body isn't a robot there's so many things that go into it so trying not to read too much into any specific paces and just know that your body knows effort it doesn't necessarily know paces so give yourself that flexibility especially in these beginning months and we can really go from there so temperature alone is not the most important number that we're going to look at when we're determining how comfortable um, your runs going to be right so that calculator online that we kind of referenced earlier is only looking at the temperature and there are just a lot of other factors that come into play outside of temperature Um, one of them is going to be is the sun shining on you right so are you in a shaded environment the sun is very intense especially in those peak summer months like june and july Um, so that's going to play a role another factor is going to be humidity right so there is this concentration or presence of water vapor in the air and that's how we measure humidity right and so when there is a very high percentage of humidity um, it can be really hard to breathe and get as much oxygen and so that's really going to impact so 75 degrees when there's 99 percent humidity versus when there's 50 percent humidity is going to feel very different and therefore it's going to impact your paces differently um, dew point is Another judge of how comfortable it's going to be out there. I know this has been more of a popularized one in the running community. Pretty much less than 55 for a dew point is dry and comfortable. If you're anywhere between 55 and 65, it's gonna feel sticky out. And anytime you're going to be on a run where the dew point is greater than 65, this is gonna feel pretty uncomfortable because there's a lot of moisture in the air. Um, so there's just a lot of other factors to look at, and so that's why I think going off of um, going off of feel is a great way to be approaching things in the summer months, but also keeping that training diary. So these training diaries can be really helpful when we look back reflectively, right? So the main goal for a lot of athletes who are training in the summer is to get to these fall races in the best shape possible. And so when we're looking retroactively, when we get to September, and we want to try to see what type of shape we are in. A lot of the times we're going to be analyzing the workouts that we're doing in these months or in August um, and July. And one of those things is going to be what sort of paces were you hitting in your workouts? Mm -hmm. And if you're not really keeping a record of like what pace it was outside, everything can kind of start to blur together. And we're just like, well, it was always hot. But if you have like this numerical value that you can kind of assign to each run, I think that helps a lot because then you're able to be like, Oh, well, it was, you know, 70% humidity and 60 degrees that day. It was 90 degrees, 90% humidity this day. And those are really going to impact. So maybe those really high humidity and heat days, we're not going to necessarily be judging those paces as harshly as, Hey, like, there was actually a really good day it was 60 degrees 50 percent humidity um, those sort of paces are going to be more indicative of what you could run in the fall um, and those are things that are really helpful when you look back year over year too so you might be headed into july this year and be like whoa i don't remember having to adjust my paces so much i don't remember it being this difficult but that's where keeping a training diary can be really helpful and i know strava has a new feature Um, where you can leave yourself like private notes. So I know not everyone wants to like share with everyone, oh, I felt like crap during this run. But that can be something that you can utilize and look back on, um, let's say next July, because a lot of runners actually forget like how difficult that transition is. But every year without a doubt, it's the same sort of reoccurring themes that we hear with runners. So what are some of the things that you are having your athletes do to help with this heat acclimation?
1: Yeah, I think um, for one, it starts with just kind of assessing ahead of time, like how much should we modify the pace, and that'll kind of depend on uh, the weather that day and, and you know how they how they feel they they operate in those conditions, right? So, for example, you may be asked to run you know three by one mile at threshold, and let's say your threshold's eight minute pace. Um, you got to think about like what what is going to mean a good quality workout today if the weather's just like awful, right? And you got to get the workout in. It's kind of like your only day to do it. Um, you're better off kind of starting slow and, and running maybe eight twenty and eight sixteen, eight fourteen, rather than trying to run the first one at like eight minute pace or seven fifty-eight and then the next two are like eight twenty-five and eight forty-five. You know what I mean? And so it's just you have to think about like how can I stay consistent? I think that's the most important thing and kind of get the most bang from your buck. And um and then I liked how you talked about just like, you know, your quality sessions, especially long runs as we start looking at like half marathon marathon races. Um looking back to figure out like, you know, how am I gonna set up a pacing plan for this athlete? It is helpful to know what were the conditions like when they had those few quality hard sessions. Um, and then, you know, if you're an athlete that trained all summer in the heat, you know, in the fall, the race is in the fall and it's a lot cooler, a lot of times we can assume that, you know, you're going to feel better in the cooler weather, but if it's, you know, if it's the opposite, you're coming out of winter and it's gonna be hotter in the spring, that's something you have to think about too. So it's always good to also compare like, a, Ideal weather condition workout day versus a day where it was like super brutally hot, and kind of see like, okay, this was like the the discrepancy in paces and com- kind of just comparing the two and seeing how much you um, slowed down. So.
0: Yeah, and I know last year in Chicago it ended up being a pretty hot day. Yeah. So that's actually good if you trained in the heat you had the experience um but again it's like we hope that on race day it's going to be ideal conditions and I know we did a podcast release like in very early October when we kind of saw that forecast coming out saying hey you know I know everyone really wants to run Chicago it's it's a major marathon but if we were to maybe pick a different race, like scoot it out a month or two or, or a couple of weeks. weeks. Yeah. It just really depended on everyone's going to be individualized of like what race they can go to and um, what their training would look like in those next weeks because you've already done a taper. Um, but it's really good to like make that decision call when you're a week out. That way, you know, that whole week you don't have to like totally taper. You can be like, okay, it's Monday. I see the weather forecast for Saturday, Sunday. Um, I'm not doing that race and I think that's actually a really good way to race in the summer months And that's something that I've done in the past. Um, if it's a 5k It's not really as big of a deal but like if I've ever had a half marathon or sometimes I've done marathons in the middle of the summer Um, even just last year I was signed up for a marathon in the summer and it was in the northwest So I figured, you know, the chances of it being Warm are pretty low. Um, they had like record-setting temperatures um, that weekend that year. And it was like over 108 degrees. And it was just like, oh shoot. But that's the risk that you're running doing races in the summer. And so I, you know, we, we canceled the flights, we adjusted and I found a different race because to me it's like I would rather run in a little bit cooler temperatures and change my plans than you know force something that would be miserable and that's just gonna be on a case by case basis but I think that's a really good way to pick your races in the summer is kind of finding a few options um, in late July and in August maybe a few different weekends and then when you get to that Monday, you look at the forecast for that weekend and you see, okay, is there like a heat wave coming? Is there like something really intense coming? Is it gonna be just a run of the mill weekend? Um, maybe it's gonna be a cool weekend. And so you can kind of play it by ear and race that way. And I've actually recommended a lot of my athletes do that this year just because um, they, they weren't really decisive on one specific race. So I was like, let's keep our options right. open look that Monday how the weather is and I think that's a really good way to race in the summer especially if you're trying to get a PR or get a accurate assessment of your fitness level. Exactly
1: yeah that's a great point and you know if you're signed up to like a major race you probably want to participate in it because it's about experiencing that course right in that that race itself so you might not pivot from a race like uh, Chicago Marathon or you know something in the spring you know Grandma's Marathon for example if it happens to be hot you know you might just go through in a and have to be forced to adjust your expectations. And so I think, you know, it, it's all going to boil down to kind of um, your situation. Um, and, and then also your experience is going to play a huge role in learning, like, how much do I need to adjust by, right? So if you're someone who you, you train all summer and you kind of know, like, you have a really good feel of what do you need to adjust to make sure you can stay consistent in your workouts, I think you're, you're better off going in your race. Um, you're a little bit more prepared to figure out how to adjust uh, on race day, right? You're a bit more confident, rather. Um, if you're someone that's struggled to maintain consistency, you kind of run your first few reps too fast of a workout and then you struggle just to even finish, then that could be a learning experience for you. And then, you know, that's an example of um, person that might need to adjust by a lot more on race day just because they don't have that experience of being able to dial in their effort with their pace adjustment.
0: Mm, that's a really good point. And I think this is where we can maybe like shift gears to utilizing like indoor um equipment during the summer so i know that in some cases it's like super hot we might want to take the workout inside just like we live in minnesota so that doesn't really happen that often here if ever um but in the winter months it definitely happens and so it'll be like brutally cold and it's like it's dangerous to actually be outside in like negative 20 um I think it is, but you know, other people, maybe they don't think it is, but, um, same with the ice, right? So you want to really be cautious of footing, but in the summer on the flip side, um, I do have a lot of athletes who live in like Miami or Southern Texas, and it can be like a hundred degrees and it's like, okay, we, we do want to be safe. Um, and so utilizing those indoor workouts, I'm not too concerned about those people not being able to acclimate to a warmer race, right? So if they're traveling up to Chicago and Chicago ends up being like 80 degrees, I think that those people are going to be naturally more acclimated because Mm -hmm. even on like a cool day for them in the summer, it's, it's 85. And so that is what they're used to. Um, it's really people who maybe live where we do, who will like utilize the treadmill on. 70-degree days, um, and I'm literally pointing finger at myself because I've done this in the past where I was like, well, I know I'm not gonna be able to hit my paces outside, so what's the point? Um, so I just would do workouts on the treadmill and then come later in the fall, it's like I just didn't have that extra edge. I wasn't able to really hit my goal, um, but a lot of that had to do with like the ego, right? So I really wanted to hit specific paces for my workouts. I didn't like the idea of having to you know, go off of effort. I didn't like the idea of the obscurity of not knowing exactly where my fitness was because of the extra variable of the temperature. Um, and while I was, you know, staying in good shape, I think there was that like mental training aspect that wasn't there, and so I think it can be a good challenge to let yourself get outside for some of those, you know, seventy degree days and stuff. Obviously, play it safe if it's like eighty plus plus humidity. Maybe those are the times where we're either going to move the workout to a different day or you know take it inside, whatever it may be. But there are kind of situations where maybe it's not safe to run outside but if it's more of like a comfort thing where you're like oh you know i know i could hit my paces if i take it inside that's really where i would challenge you to maybe try doing it outside you know especially if in like the 60s or 70s
1: yeah i definitely think getting that experience is is really crucial uh, Mm -hmm. long term right yeah so the the more you kind of put yourself in those situations to do workouts outside you you learn about you know how how much do you need how your body adapts how much do you need to modify Um, and sometimes it's, it's making those, those changes on the fly, right? Like halfway through your workout and then you just realize like, you're not going to be able to do the same, you know, finish it out. So you might have to adjust, like, instead of doing five minute segments, you drop it down to two minutes or something like that. So learning how to sort of salvage those workouts and get the most out of it, I think is really important. And then being like, you mentioned the word ego. And to me, that's, Mm -hmm. that's just everything when it comes to training in the heat. So, um you know, if you can check your ego and, and really be honest with yourself, like this is what I should do. I think you're more likely to get, have a positive experience. And I know a lot of times we don't want to do that when we're we put in six months of work and on race day, it just ends up being hot. We want to stick to our goal pace. And that can be the hardest thing sometimes is to make that that accurate assessment. And I think it's okay to not know, like going into the race, how much should I adjust? It's okay not to know. And so that's where I think you want to be a little bit more conservative early on and get a feel for how you're feeling. And then you can kind of uh, change your game plan at that point, right? Like maybe you take the first 5K 30 seconds slower per mile or whatever than you wanted to and just get a sense for how am I feeling. And then you can adjust from there. And obviously this will depend on like the race distance and the weather. But um, yeah, I think that that's something to remind yourself about is it? it's okay not to, to be a little unsure.
0: Yeah, I think that brings up a really good point is checking that ego at the door and then also using this as an opportunity to work on pacing. And so I think that's the biggest benefit that you're going to get from training outside is that you really do have to lean in and listen to your body and make those adjustments. And one of the biggest indicators of being able to reach your potential on race day is actually going to be pacing correctly. And so the more opportunities that you are having to be forced to listen to your body and be forced to make these adjustments on the fly, the better you're going to be able to perform on race day because you've had so much practice during training, making these adjustments. That on race day, if oh one mile you kind of feel a little bit fatigued, you're able to lean more into how you're feeling, make that adjustment on the fly, and then maybe get that second wind later in the race. Um, and I know just from speaking from personal experience, last spring I trained for a half marathon. Um, I was hitting you know certain paces on all of my workouts. I knew pretty much what sort of shape I was in going into the half. The half that day ended up being, this is maybe going to make people laugh, but it was like 55 degrees. And I was like, oh, it's a little warm. <laughs> and I ran exactly kind of the pace that I thought I was going to run. Fast forward all summer, training in the heat. Um, it was It was pretty brutal, right? I was actually running a little bit slower, if not the same paces for all of my workouts all summer. I also was training for a half. <laughs> and then we get to September. Uh, Race day morning was like 60 degrees, and I was like, whoa, this is super cold. Like, this is awesome. I'm gonna be able to run really fast because I was used to training in like 70 plus. Um, And then I was actually able to run seven and a half minutes faster in the half. And that's, all of my workouts were actually pretty much the same pace. The difference being they were in 90% humidity. It was super hot out. And so that's really where the lesson is like, just because you're maybe running the same pace as you were in the spring, or maybe even a little slower, doesn't mean you're not getting in better shape. So seven minutes and a half, that's like 30 seconds per mile. Um, That's a really big deal. And that's just a testament to, you know, sometimes the heat really does slow you down, but it does have these benefits that are going to come out when the temperatures do kind of cool off. And that's gonna be that increased blood plasma volume, increased rate of respiration, decreased blood lactate, There's basically a slew of things that happen when you train at a physiological level when you train in the heat. And when you're doing that week after week, month after one month, being consistent, and then you get to the fall and the temps drop, well, you're going to be in really good shape and set up for a huge PR, massive success in the fall. So it's really a lot like altitude training, right? So we know a lot of people will go to the mountains to train at altitude because the the air there there's like less oxygen saturation and so then when you go to work at sea level it feels a lot easier to run you're able to run at a faster pace for longer and that's really what it's like training in the humidity right there's less oxygen there there's less saturation of it it's harder to breathe but then when the humidity drops the temps drop Mm -hmm. it's like whoa this feels really easy I can really hold this pace for a really long time. So it's kind of like this extra edge that you can get. And so that's why we wanna encourage you to get those benefits, especially when it's like, you know, those 70 degree days, those are the days where yes, it's gonna be uncomfortable, but it's going to help you get those benefits.
1: Yeah, it definitely, um, there's a lot of benefits to training the heat and then, you know, you mentioned that and the mental benefit is really important too. So just like getting the confidence. and then as that temperature drops, you just, a lot, those of you that live in kind of the northern hemisphere, you know what that feels like. Um, those first few like mm-hmm. fall cool days, right, where you go out and the temps are down like the 50s and it just feels really pleasant and it just feels like the pace feels effortless, right? Like yeah. you could go forever, you could go that much faster um, and without even trying, you notice your pace has increased 20, 30, 40 seconds per mile and so, you know, knowing that, that is, um, that's, a, that's a really powerful thing, I think, heading into your race and so um yeah being really selective about uh, the races you choose the timing you know location all those factors if you're really trying to run fast um are important because um you just you're never guaranteed good weather obviously but you want to at least be able to have have better odds right so choose a choose a race we talk about all the time like choose a race from like November to March, you know, if you really want to crush it, you know, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a <clears throat> just like a delayed gratification, right? So all summer you're training and it sucks, you don't feel like you're making any benefit or gains, and all of a sudden it all hits you, right? And so that just kind of goes back to trusting the training, trusting the process. Because even within a regular marathon training cycle, you have those days where you're like, how am I going to ever possibly run this pace for my marathon? Um, But then you know, with the taper and all of those things, everything coming together on race day, it just comes together. And so that's just how you have to trust the process. There's that delayed gratification and that's how training in the heat really can be too. Um, And I know there's a lot of fall marathons coming up, right? And we're having so many athletes come to us for marathon training for the fall. And we're just super excited to be able to help these athletes. And we've actually brought on some new coaches this year who have a lot of experience coaching runners to these fall marathons but they're new to run for prs and so we have staff that's here and ready to help you with these marathon training cycles people who've done these fall races people who have done the chicago marathon new york marathon and it's really good because we train specifically for the course we help you with your nutrition and fueling and all of those things that go into your long run and also obviously everything's 100 percent custom to you so All of the mileage, the long runs, all the workouts are going to be based on your current dot fitness and what you've been doing in the past. So we're going to challenge you, but it's going to be a very sustainable approach to help you get to that marathon day, feeling in the best shape of your life. And having a coach with you alongside these really hard summer months is something that's really going to benefit you when it comes to racing this fall especially when you have really big goals for these fall races it's really important to have someone by your side who can guide you to that finish time that you want and we also do a lot of race day prep so we'll do a custom pacing plan based on how your fitness has gone. So we assess all of your workouts and we do all of that for you. So you don't have to worry about, oh, like what mile should I go out in or how fast should I start? Um, We'll give you a very specific pacing plan, mile by mile breakdown to help you. Um, And there's just a lot of really fun things that go into working with a coach. So if that's something you're interested in, we always have a free seven day trial and we would love to have you For these free seven day trials and if that's something you're interested in to see maybe if it's a good fit for your fall raise you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com and we can chat more so again that's filling out the form at www.runforprs.com and we can get you set up with that free seven day trial thanks for tuning in